Howdy, welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast, Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. That's Ian Ferguson. You love Ian Ferguson. Man, I'm here. You tolerate myself, Pat Country. On the show today, we'll be talking about talking about Game & Watch. Super Mario Brothers, Game & Watch came out. Billy Mitchell, oh, Billy, 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 being sued for fraud and racketeering. You, uh, hate, you hate to see it. No, you don't. You hate to see it. You don't. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Patreon poll topic. We have a Q&A. We'll see what else comes up. We'll see what else comes up. Um, Ian, how, how was your weekend? What did you end up doing this weekend? Uh, so my weekend was, uh, what did we do? I worked. Um, Work? But Vani and I finally caught up on Adventure Time, which ended two years ago. Um, I think we had been we had been watching it pretty regularly and staying up to date on it. And then, like season five was something like fifty-two episodes. They had them working in like overtime. They were pumping out like an episode a week. So it was like three regular seasons. <laughs> and um, I mean, granted, Adventure Time episodes are about eleven minutes long, but oh, still okay. fifty. 52 is that's still right, about 26 yeah that's still about 26 all right uh episodes um and we just fell off because we had been taking so much in but i don't know it's covid times and everyone's got time to catch up on things so we did and that was fun uh other than that i uh played a lot of pc engine and continued to play um dragon's lair trying to get that perfect run on 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 your replicate on the replicate, yes. I re- oh! I received a replicate uh, oh. kindly as a gift um, from a listener that wishes to remain anonymous. And I will say about the replicate, um, very, very highly impressed. Um, I was very into it when I saw it, on when we talked about it on the show. Um, but I, that night, talked myself out of buying it because I was like, you know, I don't... I don't 100, need, what, 125 bucks? What 120 it? bucks. 120 bucks. And I felt like that it was probably going to be worth the cost, but it was just, was it something that I would use? I don't do a lot of collecting of, of scale figures or anything sure. like that. It's just not a, a hobby I've ever gotten into. So this nice person offered to send me theirs, and I received it, and I, I used the thing a ton. I just leave it on my desk where I do music stuff or where I have to do writing for the podcast, and I turn it on, and I drop the volume on it because I like letting the attract mode run. I, Dragon's Lair! Yeah. I like the lights and all that. It's really nice and uh, it's definitely big enough to use. I mean, it's it's a little weird, but it's not like a game that requires a lot of... It's all timing. It's not like I'm trying to do oh. intricate combos and stuff like what that. What is it? A foot and a half? It's a foot. It's a foot? It's a foot, foot but long. it occupies that space more than you would think of a foot okay. would. It's probably about this tall. That's not a foot. Well, it says it's a foot. <laughs> this is this is like uh, sixteen inches, probably uh, eighteen inches. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's 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 nice. But that because of that, I've also been practicing a lot more on playing it on the uh, the trilogy on the Switch, which I I got from limited. I bought that from Limited Run Games. I realized that I have Dragon's Lair on like everything. I have it on my DSi. I have it on my 3DS. I have it on my PlayStation 4. I have it on my Switch. 
Uh, yeah, can't can't get enough of that. So I have the uh, the DVD somewhere. They did the DVD and a Blu-ray version as well. Too. The DVD I think went up in value at least when I it was harder to find. The, um, that was like probably like mid two thousands or something like 2003 or four. I have it somewhere. I might still have um, the Wii version too, or I might have um, sold that because that was worth something at some point. Or or I might have sold it. I might have sold it, but I I know I had it because I, I, I ripped the ROMs for that, or I believed I used it in the main cabinet to rip the ROM somehow. I think I did that instead of searching them. I just bought that and ripped them for Daphne. Uh, um, yeah, because you need you need an image for Daphne, yeah. and that's the easiest way to do it. For Time Warp. I think it came with Time Warp. And it also came with space. It is a trilogy. It came with a trilogy. Okay, that's right. It yeah, for the past three. for the past, I would say twelve years, pretty much all those releases bundle them together. Yeah, remember that bad Kickstarter? Poor Don Blue to do the Kickstarter. Oh, for the movie, I to remember the, we to get the it. money to get to do a promo reel to get the money for the movie, and it was all the. I would love to see yeah. Bluth do something else. I would love a Dragon's Lair movie, but the fact of the matter is, Bluth is getting up there in age, and getting I think up there. the time is running out. Yeah, he's. I think he's in his early eighties. Well, you get the replicates. There you go. Well, I don't know if, if he owns the rights to the game or at this point or who does. Or, I don't uh, know. Digital Leisure does. I don't know that Bluth has Leisure. A, as much as I enjoyed the Dragon Slayer games, I mean, looking through, it's totally just one of those situations where the ownership rights have just passed hands what's, like a billion times. What's Don Bluth up to? Don Bluth is eighty three. Eighty three years young uh, up, up here. So uh, good for you, Don Bluth. We love Don Bluth here. But that was a, that was a, not a, the best Kickstarter. Um, Flea Market Madness, Ian. Yeah, it's out. Volume thirty six is new. It's fresh. It's hot. Fresh as in how many years ago is the footage? Five and a half years. <laughs> Five and a half years. May two thousand fifteen. I put that scroll down now. I should have done that before. But usually I, I get only up to like maybe a year behind editing. And now I didn't edit a couple for like a, I didn't edit for like a year. Two thousand eighteen was a horrible fucking year, so I didn't do much of anything in two thousand eighteen. Um. And then now I'm starting to get... This is the third one this year. So next year I'll probably do like five or six. And then uh, I'll go up to 50. 50. And uh, good thing because like people are like, well, you know, are we going to see any more in the future? And I'm like, well, even without COVID, the the, the last time I went to the swap meet and I spent like a dollar on a, on a mouth guard, unused uh, mouth guard. So there's nothing that much on the swap meet anymore. It's just trickling out very slowly. But in 2015, you can still find some stuff. But even in then... It was starting to die. Like 2015, that I would say around 13, 14 is when it started to tail off uh, about that. Um, but uh, yeah, check it out. Um, Frank was in rare form. Frank actually got angry f- for the first time at a flea market madness. I won't tell you why. It's a silly Frank reason why. wasn't angry at me. Well, he kind of was angry at me, but more angry in general. But um, check that out. And then um, I'll, do a sh- I'll do a short spoiler. Found TurboGrafx stuff at that f- swap meet. So it probably could be the last time I found Torgraphic stuff at the swap meet. Wooza! 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 Yeah, Ian's, Ian's, uh, he's impressed. I'm impressed. He's four yawns in a row. He's impressed by that. Um, so that's what I did this weekend. I, uh, other than that, yeah, I, I edited the Flea Market Madness for like five, six, seven hours on Saturday. Then, of course, I found a couple errors on Sunday. Um, but if you, you, could, you could have seen it early. If you're a member on YouTube, click that join button. You could have saw it early, Ian. And, and you get... And you get segments from the podcast early as well. It's fantastic. Oh, I also did my Patreon uh, Google Hangout. That was fun on Saturday. 
I so. should do mine this week. Yeah, you should. You should. And you want to talk about super- exciting <laughs> stuff? Yeah, pocket yeah. operator excitement. So, uh, <laughs> teenage engineering, who we've mentioned on teenage the engineering um, turtles, we've mentioned on the podcast before. They're a uh, Swedish uh, design company, uh, electronics company. Um, they make very aesthetically pleasing things. I have a lot of. Um, hands-on experience with their stuff i own their first big synthesizer the teenage engineering um op1 uh and i've owned a lot of pocket operators in the past um they announced and they're also uh they were tapped to help design the playdate which is i think uh what caused us to first mention them uh on here so they're releasing two new entries in their pocket operator line of synthesizers. What the pocket operators are is they look like calculators. Uh, they're about calculator size. They're uh, essentially a bare circuit board onto which all the components are placed. Uh, they almost always have two knobs, um, a bunch of buttons, and an LCD screen. And it's a traditional segmented LCD screen like you would see in uh, a Game & Watch or a Tiger handheld. And those graphics are always... Um, custom done and they give it a, a playful look um there's no like game hidden on them to play or anything like that but they use it as a, a an interesting way to convey uh information to you as you're programming your tunes such as what step you might be on or if you have effects on or something like that so they're little cheap synthesizers and they are rather impressive in terms of what they do they do what they say on the tin some i think were better than others um so they're putting out two in conjunction with capcom we're getting the po 133 street fighter and the uh, po 128 mega man um pocket operators so these are nice uh the street fighter one is uh black and red um and obviously has segmented uh street fighter uh graphics in the lcd uh the mega man one is blue and black and uh also has you know matching mega man graphics um the street fighter one is operates more as a sampler it has an onboard speaker uh you can record uh live with it has 40 seconds of sample space and it also includes a bunch of street fighter samples and things of the sort all right that's 89.99 and to me i think it's a copy of their knockout pocket operator which was an earlier sample uh sampler uh one that they released in the lineup this one just happens to have the street fighter um branding on it and i'm actually really interested in this one um and then the Mega Man one uh talks about how it is basically an nes style synthesizer um i'm interested in checking this one out some of the previous pocket operators that i've had do act as like mini simple synthesizers some um like the arcade one were more like sample back players i'd be interested in the Mega Man one if it has Mega Man samples and also allows you to create more of your own um that i'd have to look into given that it has the higher price tag i believe some of the pocket operators at least did start as cheap as 60 uh, i know some of the more full featured ones have been slightly more expensive i'm sure the branding is also helping the price on these a little bit but honestly for under 100 bucks um if you just want something musical to play with that's you know, uh, not actually a ripoff. Um, you know, they're not as much of a toy as they may look like. Uh, I, I, these are very cool. I think these will sell very well. The Mega Man one is, uh, the Street Fighter one's already out. Um, you can still find it online. I checked because I'm trying not to press that button. Um, and the Mega Man one comes out on December 2nd. 
Nice. What, now, what's the deal with the two different versions of each here? So one looks, one looks like a calculator, like the blue Mega Man one. Those are just protective cases that you can buy and put over them. Oh, those are cases? Yes, those are oh. cases that you can buy, uh, buy for them. Um, you don't need it, but... Uh, there's lots of accessories for um, teenage engineering stuff. They they are fairly well built. I never put cases on mine uh, when I had them. Although, um, yeah, I mean the case does look nice. If it's available, I think oh. the case usually bumps the price up like another twenty thirty bucks. Uh, oh, they're like a hard, like very hard. Uh, I, they're like soft silicone. Oh, that's a lot of money for a case, but I guess if you want to protect it better. From what I understand. But like I said... It looks, it looks like a little, like little little thing to hook it around your wrist. It was like a little lanyard thing. Yeah, it looks like case. it comes with like a, a wrist oh, strap. A, these are adorable. Yeah, they come packaged in a, a cardboard sleeve. They've got hang tabs on them. They're, I mean, they're meant to be impulse purchases at places that would stock them. You- impulse synthesizer electronic music purchases. <laughs> for, for that electronic... Hey, I was at one point in college... I put out a couple, a few albums there. Got, got uh, as small notoriety I could while I was recovering from my ACL surgery and diddling with electronic music there. So that, that's cool. You know, it's not cool. Ian, swatting's not cool. Swatting's not cool. Not cool at all. So I saw this like over the weekend or Friday that it was like tweeted that, oh, there's like a hostage situation at Ubisoft Montreal. And thankfully it was just a hoax. It wasn't for real. But it still sucks that you got to deal with this horse shit here. So, uh,. Montreal police evacuated the offices of video game developer Ubisoft Montreal on Friday afternoon in response to a 911 call about a hostage situation that was later confirmed to be a hoax. So, um, oh, this stuff sucks. Um, I, I don't know why you would you would pick a corporation like this unless you like you didn't like Ubisoft for some reason. But um, obviously it was good. Everyone was okay. Nothing nothing horrible happened. But obviously it can happen with swatting. There's always that chance that someone gets shot, or and it ha- has happened in the past. So. They should fucking find whoever did this and fucking throw them in prison for 20 years. Uh, you know, if they, if they can do that, you hope. As noted by Frank Cifaldi, this is also one of those times where we should probably be careful about who we're retweeting in terms of news. There was a lot of uh, news with rumors going around, I guess, that was being retweeted. And it was by, uh, if you took like two seconds to look into it, it was like by a far right website that had... Uh, interest in seeing the destruction of the left and all this stuff and it was just like associated with Ubisoft? No, it was about retweeting the news, basically fanning fire Um, so just saying, be careful about where you're retweeting stuff, if you're retweeting news about something like this, make sure it's from a reliable source yes, I think that's that's a a good point any news, you should verify if it's from an actual news source that's tweeting it out and not some bullshit but uh that's the one thing we haven't caught caught up to social media and, and information spread our frail fragile human brains haven't caught up to being able to you know look into what's real and what's not and think for ourselves in the, in the 10 or so years where social media has evolved it hasn't really been fully 10 years where everyone's on twitter and instagram in a large amount less than 10 years on twitter uh, for sure um yeah that's a lot to say about it it, it, it just sucks but thankfully Nothing, nothing horrible uh, came from it there. Uh, Ian? Yeah? You can purchase wares for the holiday season. Oh, you, you know, can. You know you're a, we're a week and two days from Thanksgiving? Yeah. This year is like, oh, this year hasn't counted. It's like, it's, it's a do-over. This year hasn't counted. Um, but you can go to UltimateNintendo.com, pick up some stocking stuffers, some enamel pins, see podcast enamel pins. RBI baseball stickers, certain NES Super Nintendo guidebooks, and more. Not for resale Blu-rays. That's the scissors I used to cut from this. 
I've, I've sold like 70 stickers. Has made a dent in this toilet paper Costco roll of RBI baseball. So it has made a dent in it. But uh, yeah, check it out, ultimatenintendo.com. Also, I'm on, I'm on Cameo. And I was just reminded because I have to do two Cameos. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. Birthday shout outs. I'll roast your friends. I'll talk trash about uh, games. Uh, I, had, I had to defend Clax one time to a video game group. Someone's like, to explain why Clax is a good game to this person or group that thinks Clax is a bad game. So I had to, I had to break it down for him. Clax is a good game. Clax sucks. It's a good game. No, it's not. It's a good game. <clears throat> it's a solid game from Atari. I love my mid-80s Atari arcade games. Love them. They're all, they're all fucking fantastic there. And also, I'm on Twitch once a week. Um, may not be Wednesday. I, I, I've settled on Wednesday or Thursday. This week might be Thursday. Twitch.tv slash Contra Code. I usually start around 5 or so uh, p.m. Pacific, uh, 8 Eastern. Central, what is that, 7? I don't know. 6? I don't know. I don't know the time zones. But yeah, check it out. I'm trying to have fun there. Uh, you want to talk about Atomus Wave games being ported to Dreamcast? I do! You're excited. So Yawn number 7. Is that a yawn or a stretch? That was a strong. Strong? A strong. Um, so Atomus Wave games strong. are now being ported to the Dreamcast thanks to um, the uh, ever-advancing technology in optical drive emulation. So uh, Atomus Wave was an arcade uh, system set. Um, that was popular in the uh, 2000s. Um, in the 2000s. It ran a lot of uh, fighting games and stuff like that on there. There were some SNK games as well. Um, and essentially, it was like a like another um, board set from back then. It was essentially a, a Dreamcast. Um, the Naomi, Sega's Naomi hardware, was essentially a Dreamcast, and it had, it ran on, it used GD-ROMs, so it used optical Discs. The difference with the Thomas Wave is the Thomas Wave um, was a Dreamcast, but instead of using optical discs, all the stuff was on um, flash cartridges. So there was no reading off of the disc. It was it was a much faster transfer speed. Um, because of that, it wasn't always easy to get um, arcade perfect ports of a Thomas Wave uh, games because of how the um, chipset would take in the information and read it. Well, it's one of those situations now where technology has kind of caught up to the point where you can uh, essentially recreate the Atomus Wave hardware at home. So if you take one of those OneDrive or those optical drive emulators, like say the mode that we've talked about, and you install it in your Dreamcast, you're eliminating the disk drive and you're replacing it with the ability to read... um, information off of RAM cartridges. Mm-hmm. So people realize that, okay, well, once you've done this, we're basically looking at a Thomas Wave hardware. They've gone, and over the past couple of weeks, they have just been pouring out ports of a Thomas Wave games, uh, many of which have never seen um, uh, home ports at all before. And they're perfect ports. The, you, you, you couldn't really argue with them. And then they're, uh, in some instances, they're adding widescreen support. They're adding auto-fire to games like um, Metal Slug 6. So um, ga- certain games that have been uh, added have been, uh, that have been ported have been King of Fighters 11, um, Deep Blue, uh, Faster Than Speed, uh, and uh, a bunch of other stuff that just never really saw the light of day. So Metal Slug goes on here. Metal Slug Six. So, so, uh, so, so you're basically you're getting um, these arcade games to, to to come on a Dreamcast, right? Um, and these are games you would never have dreamed in the past 
It's like, oh, wow, look at these games now. Look what we can do all this stuff. So I'm looking at this stuff. I'm like, wow, it would be so weird back in the day to see these as Dreamcast games, some of these. You would, you, it would, like, blow your mind seeing some of this stuff. Like, oh, Neo Geo games. Oh, there's a, oh, there's a, what is that? Samurai, there's a Samurai Showdown. Uh, yep, Samurai here. Showdown 6. V- very cool. Direct arcade port. So, yeah, it's it's very neat. Um, and I wish I knew a little bit more about some of the unreleased games, but I know people are very happy because now they're getting to the point where they're able to uh, emulate those, or well, as they say, it's not even really emulation. Uh, they're getting the point to it's just th- running it directly. Yeah, they're just running it directly, and they can start to pull so, graphics and stuff like that. So off basically, of them. Y- you with your with your uh, optical replacement drive, you, you load the ROM on, and then it just reads it, basically, and it just plays it. Yeah, like a, like a regular Dreamcast game. That's amazing. It's, it's incredible. It's stupendous. It's fantastic. Sorry, that's all I have to say about it. Not so. Yeah, uh, there's some there's some YouTube videos about it. Check it out. What are these drives you should go for? Like a like a hundred fifty two hundred or something like that. Somewhere between a hundred and two hundred, depending. Like I think the mode, the one that can be used for Saturn or Dreamcast, I think is two hundred. But I think you can get some of them for as cheap as a hundred. Okay. Real quick, uh, this came out this morning. Tom and Jerry trailer. I don't know they're making a Tom and Jerry movie again. I watched the trailer. I, I, I just like chuckle. It's um, it it looks like traditional animation. It might be a CG traditional animation combo, but it's live action. So it's putting the cartoon characters in the real world, unfortunately. And I can't stand that. I hated it with Smurfs. It's a cheap cop out. Um, it looks like they have the tone of Tom and Jerry back to the classics. You know, sixty years ago, there's the same amount of over the top violence, things like that. So that's good. They didn't go soft on that they didn't go oh no the kids um but i just don't understand why make, make an animated movie don't think anyone was going to sell and so i don't know I, i'm like mixed about it because I, I love tom and jerry and obviously they've been out of the limelight for so long um and there is there is a market for a movie like this i think but the live action thing is a cop out to me i know it's probably cheaper maybe in the grand scheme of things to, to you know to maybe it's not i don't know I just you get I guess you can get cameos by or, and get people that are celebrities to show up in it, but it just kind of rubs me the wrong way to see this. I don't know. It's like what if you saw fucking uh, your Peanuts movie was in the real world? You'd fucking you you go nuts if it was like Snoopy walking around in real life. It's like do it do it up animated. Yeah, I would rather see a fully animated movie. I don't think I'm as anti it as you are. My whole thing with this Tom and Jerry movie is I like Tom and Jerry cartoons a lot. They were my favorite growing up. But the traditional cat and mouse chase ones, I just don't think Tom and Jerry needs a movie. I would love to see They've some... They've before, I think, yeah. in the 90s? <laughs> I think they did. Tom and but Jerry. But I, 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 I just don't... The, the joy is in the chase. I don't need a whole lot of fleshed out backstory or anything. Well, with this, I, I mean, as, <laughs> as, just as if I mean, if people, if this comes out and it's good and people enjoy it, great. I would have much rather have seen them put the money towards making a new series of shorts. Well, it looks like they they they're forced out of their home, so they're, they they leave as friends. They shake their hands, and then they, they end up in new. It's always New York City, New York City, and then he's hired to the hotel to take out instead of an exterminator i guess you get you get tom instead that that's the conceit which is the conceit's actually cute because like tom's forced to you know go after his friend again you know they have a love-hate relationship which is the best there but um yeah it's just a shame i think i think there's a room for something like this that would be animated um 
But I don't I don't know where it's even going to come out. I didn't even look. I just saw the trailer. I was like, okay. I, I feel like people just throw out movie ideas now without ever stating when they're going to come out because they might never come out. They're says, just going through the paces. It says only in cinemas. I mean, obviously, this is animated. They've been working on this for a year. So, um, you know, give, give, us, give us those vaccines so we can get into movie theaters again. Fucking shoot me up. Um, like that Saturday Night Live. Um, There's there, there a Saturday Night Live commercial skit where it's a doll. A doll to give the uh, HPV vaccine to girls where it comes up with a syringe and injects the girl <laughs> with it. It's like the funniest fucking thing. We need that for for, uh, for the COVID. A little little action figure that injects you without you knowing. It's like, oh! <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, so check out that trailer. That's all I said with that. Uh, more, more news in the, uh, I guess, quickly dwindling uh, video games journalism sector. I mean, at this point, it's like every other week or month we're talking about this. So it looks like all, all the usgamer.net staff was uh, laid off. The editor-in-chief, Kat Bailey, news editor Eric Van Allen, staff writer Nadia Oxford, and reporter Matthew Olson. On Twitter, reported they no longer work for the site at the end of the year. Uh, this was a smaller website. We'd referenced it a couple times, I believe. Um, so they were parent company ReadPop, which also owns gamesindustry.biz, which was reported on this. Uh, instituted a round of layoffs across its gamer network sites, including U.S. Gamer in September, and subsequent departures have cut the team down to four. Um, so they're going to stay around, I think, until the end of the year. So it's not clear what's going to happen with the U.S. Gamer site once the staff is, is gone. If they're going to keep it around or fold it up uh, here. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't have a huge amount of familiarity with U.S. Gamer. No, I neither do I. I know a couple people, or at least I heard of people that have worked on it, but you know, you go, you go to the website and they cover looks like uh, uh, modern stuff, Demon Soul uh, remake review. Um, there's something about the PS5 price, uh, Super Mario 3D All Stars, Sunshine is not compatible with GameCube controllers. So there's some articles there. Looks like looks like uh, they're they're still keeping it going. There's that's a, hey, it's from today, so they're pumping out articles and new stuff. There, so hopefully they land on their feet. Gonna, I think they're getting paid out to the end of the year and work until the end of the year. So, so that's good. Uh, yeah, it's a lot to say. Like uh, two years from now, there might be nothing left, but like fucking IGN might be the only thing left in GameSpot, where people are actually, I mean, paid professionally to work on this stuff, not you know doing their own websites. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it definitely seems like it's just further narrowing um, the the online, I don't know, game journalism landscape. Um, I'm surprised, despite you know obviously changes and whatnot. What is it? It is. It's IGN. It's Kotaku. It's Polygon. It's Gamespot. And I mean, as far as the like old guard, like corporate style, is concerned, you're, it's really just IGN. How long has Gamespot been around for? Uh, I just feel like Gamespot's not going to be around as long. I thought something was happening with Gamespot recently that we talked about. Didn't they just lay off a bunch of employees? Oh they've, been, oh, they've been around since 96. IGN are the two oldest yeah. ones left. Uh, where, where's GameSpy? They're around still? No. no. They've been gone forever. <laughs> GameSpy. GameSpy is no longer around. I, I played Warcraft 2 off of GameSpy, off the bat. How is it both a, a, a... It was a game site, and also you used it to, to play multiplayer games. Briefly. I don't remember. I mean, I, I feel like that's what it started as, and quickly no one was using it for that. I used GameSpy back in the late 90s. I used that. WWE, Ian. Yeah. 
So we talked about how they're doing the handover. I talked about this a week or two ago. How by early November, you, you had to get rid of your Twitch accounts, anything third party. If you were a wrestler, Twitch account, you had to give up uh, things like that to WWE because they didn't want you making money. I guess outside of, of the company at all as an independent contractor. So everyone said, AJ Styles said, okay, no, this is going to end, and just about everyone did. Zelina Vega, the wrestler, said, fuck you. I am not giving up my cameo. No, excuse me, not my cameo. Uh, OnlyFans she started, and her Twitch, she's like, no. Pa- Paige said, this is bullshit before. So she was fired. Uh, she was fired. Before she was fired, officially, 10, 10 minutes before she said, we need unionization in wrestling, but she was going to be fired before that. So she started her OnlyFans, um, and she does like cosplay stuff in there, and probably making a decent amount on there. So, um, not a surprise that they, they, they made an example out of her to make sure that everyone else stays in line. But again, the heart of the issue is that these are supposed to be independent contractors, not employees. If you're employed, yes, there's rules you got to abide by. But if you're an independent contractor, technically that means you could work on other things, right? You're getting 1099. I can work on five different jobs at once from getting 1099 from everyone. So she wasn't using, uh, she was using a real name uh, on this. She wasn't using Zelina Vega, WE name. So when you do that, <clears throat> there's there's no argument WE can have about you're not using any trademarks that we own or anything we created. You're using your fucking, your own face and body that you right. own and your voice and your name because that's what Paige is doing now. She's using a real name on, on, on her Twitch stuff or wanted to. I haven't even checked in to see if she's still doing that stuff. But I, I, we, we talked about how, even before this, that this might be the watershed moment where people are like, this is fucking bullshit. Enough. Stop treating these independent contractors like basically like slaves. Yeah. And, and, and not being able... Not only they're not able to wrestle anywhere else. Technically, for an independent contractor, you can wrestle elsewhere. In, in the indies, even in um, people that worked for AEW are allowed to wrestle elsewhere. They actually treat them like independent contractors. Like, you can wrestle in AEW and New Japan, and you can, you know, do the indies if you want on your own time, as long as it doesn't, you know, interfere with what we have booked for. W, you can't do that. You can't show up anywhere else. You can't do anything with W's permission. I don't think you can do a fucking commercial without telling them. Like, you can't do anything. You know, like, so this is ridiculous, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, it's but, a, but this got a ton of attention. This is good news. A lot of people now are made aware of this that weren't uh, aware before. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, no, it's just a way the independent contractor thing is just a way for Vince to uh, phrase things in a way that lets him get away with not providing his um, his employees with certain benefits and services. Sure. Um, and yeah, it's disgusting. And, uh, I mean, especially now, um, when, uh, during, you know, this certain public health crisis where, uh, business is probably down all around, um, to punish your employees for having the gall to go out and I don't know, lift themselves up by the bootstraps. Isn't that supposed to be a fucking talking point and, uh, you know, finding new ways to make money, um, I, 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 and then to punish it, I, I, I think is ridiculous. I, none of none of the things that these people are doing is, is going to reflect poorly on the WWE, and I think that's one of the main reasons. Also, is you know he doesn't want them doing something uh, you it's know control. on an OnlyFans, you know that yeah. might make the the company look bad. But then you handle those situations as they come. Sure. 
They don't. They, they probably don't want someone saying something on Twitch or being overly political. That's part. That's part of it. But they also want to make money off it. That's the thing. They want to make yeah. money. So what we saw was that like some of the money would go towards your, like I said, your downside guarantee. So you're basically then using your personal account that you built up to make money for the company, where you're an independent contractor, not an employee. It doesn't make any legal sense at all. So good old Andrew Yang, that we, uh, we all know and love, he tweeted about this. It's got a lot of attention. He said, if I'm not the Secretary of Labor, I'm pretty confident I'll have his or her number to talk about the ridiculous classification of WWE wrestlers as independent contractors while controlling their name and likeness for years, even for something as benign as Cameo. So they're, they're gonna, this is going to get handled with the next administration, potentially, because yeah. this, <clears throat> this is bullshit. And um, I'm not saying this is going to change the entire wrestling scene. I'm not saying there's going to be unionization for wrestlers. But at the very least, WWE, if they're really independent contractors, they're going to fucking treat them as independent contractors. They're either going to change the name, or they're going to treat them as, as or, such. Or, or or make them employees, yeah. In 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 real in reality, and then give them full benefits and compensate them for, more for travel and things like that that they're not doing right now. It's horseshit. You you can you can do that. Treat these people with with respect that are that are killing themselves for your company. I mean, I mean, Paige, I just I feel Paige bad. Was, Paige was crying. She was like, "I fucking broke my neck for this company twice, and you're treating me like yeah, you're absolutely right, Paige. You can tell them go tell them go fuck yourself like uh." Uh, Zelina Vega did. She basically said, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah, I'll, I'll bounce back somewhere else, and I'll I'll make money, do my own thing, and and, and she'll go to AEW or, or TNA or whatever else. I'll pick her up because she's talented as hell, you know. So yeah, that's all. I don't want to. Then again, that's why I'm not watching wrestling anymore. I mean, definitely not WWE. No, it's just too fucking depressing. I, 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 it is impossible for me to watch wrestling and not think about a million other things about wrestling that I hate. Yes. While I'm watching wrestling. Yes. It's like, oh, oh people are getting injured. Okay, that's fine. That, but then it's like, okay, they're getting treated shit like behind the scenes. And then people are getting punished, um, you know, for, for talking about stuff. And it's, it's enough. Yeah. Enough. Fucking, it's, fucking Vince McMahon's a carny. Always said that. It's run like a fucking carny corporation still with him at the top. I will not watch WWE again until Vince McMahon is out of power and things change. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I can't see anything that would get me back to it until he's gone. Get him, get him the fuck out. I'm just, I'm just sick of it. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape... You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right. Uh, we have a warrior. Speaking of wrestling, the warrior console. We have a follow-up. So we recorded this last Tuesday. Uh, Talking about the Warrior 64 Kickstarter, Ian, which was the HDMI N64 uh, with, with uh, we, we, we we surmised it was probably N sixty four guts with with uh, with the with a with a uh, RGB card inside and then HDMI out. Turns out that's the case. Mail Jesus, uh, our pal, put out a video that Tuesday, uh, basically confirmed they sent them one, the full console with the with the nice shell that we liked. They did the, we did the shell. They they sent them one and he compared it, um, the output to like you know basically like a thirty dollar. 
uh, cord, cord that so, you can buy off the off the shelf. Right. So to to run it down real real simply, just to do a follow up because we weren't sure what was going to be in there. So it it does seem to be that it's just actual N sixty four guts in there. It's not a repro board, um, and it's using their um, HDMI kit, which uh, as uh, Jason says. Um, they, in their conversations with him, basically compared it to Ultra HDMI. The Ultra HDMI mod kit is uh, fairly well-known in N64 circles. It's been around for a while. It's an expensive kit, runs about 150 bucks, and then, of course, you've got to be comfortable to comfortable installing it. But the output is, I mean, for a Nintendo 64, it's insanely nice visual output. Mm-hmm. So they were basically saying that they were going to create something that was going to be comparable to the Ultra HDMI. That was Warrior's selling point. So Jason got the console, and uh, on the video, uh, which I'm sure we'll link to or you can find, um, runs a number of side-by-side comparisons of games between <clears throat> the Warrior 64 and Ultra HDMI, and uh, the difference is is very noticeable. Um, it's very noticeable right off the bat, and also the uh, Warrior 64 tends to saturate the reds, uh, which can happen with a lower quality um, uh, visual processing um, when it, when it's being put to screen. Um, I can't remember exactly if he compared it to a, uh, a uh, um, the Hyperkin cord. I think he did, and the Hyperkin cord was very comparable. Uh, that's like, what, like 30 bucks, those things? They're yeah, hyper, yeah exactly. 40, 40 we sell them. The Hyperkin cords, uh, was it was very comparable to a Hyperkin cord, okay. which is not bad for 30 bucks, but that's not... Gets that, the job done. Gets the job done at 30 bucks. But it's not a third, for 95 bucks, for, yeah, right. not, or 150 Not a $95 board or a $150 board. So then you really end up with a, a unit that, I agree, is just something you can't recommend in any way, shape, or form. Why? Well, they're overcharging for the, the result that you get. Sure. And B, back to what I said last week that it annoyed me about it, and we were fairly certain it was going in this direction, it's cannibalizing parts of old Nintendo 64s to make a new Warrior 64 version so i'm not really yeah. into either of, I, i'm not really into that on either end and it seems like um it seems like the response to it uh since he got his video up has been pretty negative for warrior 64 and they're doing that thing that unfortunately it drives me nuts that companies do that they put out a bad product and then they go well we're going to fix this eventually how do, how do you do that you already printed out your your, your little mod kit board and like how do you do that so i think this was was this was them paving over the potholes of the product by the shell, which we do like the shell, and including the controller. Sure. And I think... I, I don't like the shell. I think it's it ac- okay. I think it accurately... I think it does a good job of representing what it's supposed to, but I'm not a fan of the shell. But, I do like the controller. But some people would be into the shell. Sure. Yes, I can understand why some people would be um, into the shell. So that's that's a way of saying, okay, we'll give you the shell, we'll give you the controller, and we'll give you this maybe mediocre solution we're gonna throw all yeah. this whiz bangery at you to cover up the fact that yeah. the actual product is not very because it was 95 bucks for the the shell and the mod kit and 150 for giving the guts as well that's how it was um yeah i think you also compare it to i didn't know there's a retro tink mini out now as well and it's only 70 bucks um and that'll do even if you got this even if this if the retro tink, I, I haven't seen the comparison but he did i think he mentioned the mini 70 bucks any console 
that's that's good to go. It may not be the best one, it may not be your ultra HDMI, but it'll be it'll be fine. Yeah, I can't remember what the mini's restrictions are. I think the mini does composite and S video yes. in. So that's all it does, but I think the main reason for it was that um it's actually a really decent way to uh do the N64. And I saw that picture on there yeah. and it it looks it looks nice. It, it's your reasonable it's in a, the middle solution. Which is kind of I mean that's how I feel about it. It's a big retro. market for that. Like I would get the mini if I, I I would get that for 70 bucks and that I'm good for most of my retro consoles. I'm good. <laughs> sure. You know, as, I mean S video composite you're covering mostly everything at that point up to the you know up to the 90s, late 90s. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's again it's a shame um it's it's a shame I just wish they were a little more transparent up front. And it sounded like he went back and forth with them a few times at least. They didn't respond to my email. Well, I was going to say, we didn't get questions, yeah. to, answers to all of our questions either. No, they never responded back to me. And like I said, I, I went back and forth with them throughout the year here and there about this when they, when they let me know. They sent me a picture of this earlier in the year. And that's when I asked, I'm like, is this emulation? What is it? And they tell me, no, it's not emulation. I'm like, okay, that's good. Then I, so I assume they made their own board, but they didn't. It was just a HDMI conversion kit it turns out so yeah i feel bad for um n64 fans i may not be a fan of the system but i know that they want their they want i I mean not to use a brand name but they want their analog system they they that's what they want and i don't think we're there yet Uh, we're not even at the level of a hyperkin system yet i mean hyperkin has not put out a clone which is what they would do the emulation isn't (laughs) close yeah, so and, there's no clones. There's no FPGAs you for it. Seen FPGA for it, and uh, the only all-in-one option we've seen so far is cannibalizing other systems and then throwing a subpar HDMI out mod onto it. So um, hold tight, I guess. I mean, see where it's at in a couple of years. I'm sure it'll come along, but it's not. It's not going to be now. I don't think it's going to be very soon. The N64's architecture, <laughs> holy crap, Nintendo! You might have everything, every other system in, on, in the universe, uh, either either having an FPGA solution or 100% emulated. And yes, when I say 100% emulated, I mean 100% emulated correctly. Because it's, again, if you're going to get at me, go play the esoteric titles on an emulator and see how they play. Uh, even on a souped-up computer. You're going to have fucking issues. It's not fun. I'm going through it right now. I have a team of writers going through it. <clears throat> the difference between playing Mario Kart and playing fucking Xena and N64. Or, or playing a, a sports title you didn't think would... would, would, would oh, this will be fine. No. No, the N64 is a mess when it comes down to it. Why, why do you think they didn't have a lot of, you know, a, a lot of a huge amount of titles on the system? They didn't want to deal with it, the developers. What the fuck is this? What, what am I doing on this, on this console? It's r- ridiculous. Sorry, Ian. It's all good. I'm, I'm living the pain. You live it. I'm living the fucking pain right now. And plus, even if you can emulate it, again, it, it, it looks like you know, it's all glossied up with a fucking glide plug-in. It doesn't even look how it did. Right. So even if you come out with a Hyperkin, <clears throat> even if you came out with a Hyperkin emulator console, it's not going to look how it did in the 90s. It's going to be some weird solution to make it look like like it does on your average emulator with glide. It'll it'll look too too smooth and too too uh, too polygoned up. We'll just say it won't look it won't look naturally. We'll just say rugged like the N64 did. With like their filter, you know what I mean, things like that. Sure. So, all right, is that it for this for this uh, long ass intro? It is. That's it. I think we may have been able to get that warrior into a full topic. The warrior. Yeah, maybe. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Pixel Frames. If you got friends, family, or if you yourself 
love retro games, the classics, then Pixel Frames is the perfect collectible for you. No need to make room on a cluttered desk or table. These premium and officially licensed shadow boxes are ready to be hung on any wall in any room. Pixel Frames features a wide range of classic retro gaming scenes from the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, and more. They work closely with the licensors to provide high-quality shadow boxes and ensure their accuracy in perfectly depicting even the smallest detail of their respective scenes. These are 100% licensed. Licensors like Sega and its scenes from Sonic the Hedgehog, Golden Axe, Altered Beast, and more. Then they've got stuff from Capcom, including Mega Man X, his final boss fight against Sigma, and Street Fighter's duel of Ryu and Ken at the docks, and Konami's got Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, and Contra. These are made for fans of retro gaming, collectors. They're great display. They're, there's two different sizes. There's a 6x6 six six or a larger 9x9. Nine nine. So you can find Pixel Frames at BigBadToyStore.com, Amazon, and if you're in Europe, at Dragonbox. They start under 20 bucks. You can check out the whole collection at the Pixel Frames on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Very nice. Check them out. All right. Game and watch in... Super Mario Brothers Game & Watch came out on Friday. I ordered mine on, on Evil Amazon. Uh, I got it on uh, Saturday. I got it in a day or so. They were available in the morning. By the night, they were not. So the good news is that the fact that Nintendo made them much that all the fucking scalper bots didn't get them, that's a good thing. They're probably not as, as limited as we think they are because of that. Yeah, I would imagine seeing at least another run or two of these. So this will this will be available to what to at least March, just like all the other weird time limits on their Mario stuff. Probably, um, this is going to be the holiday seller this year. Every year, Nintendo has their like what's going to be the holiday seller, like knickknack. The past few years, you had, like Super Nintendo Classic. What was that? Two years ago or three years ago, two thousand seventeen. So you have your knickknacks coming out every year. This is going to be the knickknack this year that you put under the tree or in the stocking this year. I'm going to come out and call that here. It's shocking though that it's a Game and Watch because a Game and Watch like this. You know, they haven't existed for 30 years, uh, a Game & Watch. And the ones that look like this, like, you know, closer to, you know, 35 years. But uh, this is a nice product. And I'm very impressed with the, with the quality of this. Um, Ian's more of a, of a handheld aficionado than me, but I own g- some Game & Watches. I own several. Um, they, did a, they did a great job with this. I don't have the uh, a Club Nintendo ball one that came out, what, six, seven, eight years ago. I don't have that. I'm guessing it's a similar quality to that. They probably obviously still have the molds. and So I compared the two. Uh, okay. I compared the two. Uh, ball is smaller. Um, yeah. I, I compared the two because if you flip it over okay. and you look at the first three letters of the serial it number. It says ball. It says ball, which I thought was cute. But I, but I hadn't held the ball one in my hand in a while. And I was like, did they maybe just reprint, you know, the front plates? Are they using, you know, leftover well, back plates? It's marketed as a ball, though. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, it, they, they are different units. Um, both of them are very nice. But the uh, the original ball is smaller and, I believe, closer in size to what the original Game & Watch would have been. So by, by small, by what, like, like, like a half inch, maybe, across? Uh, like, yeah, somewhere like that. Okay. So uh, the D-pad is fantastic. Yep. It's, it's a proper D-pad. It's the OG D-pad. Even has the curve in the middle for the rocker. Yeah, when there. you put your thumb on it, you can actually feel it rocks properly. Yep, it's 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 the patent, not not patented anymore. But but that was you know that Nintendo had it had it down. The mushy B and A buttons, which I thought I was going to hate for a game like Mario Brothers, but actually they work fine. They work fine. 
Yeah. You they would do. think that if they switch it to a harder one, it might be more responsive. No, it's fine. I played um, I that fucking Hammer Brother in 8.4. Damn it. I got up to the Hammer Brother in 8.4. I used the warps, but um, it I was able to play pretty well on, you know, with this. I, and I have average or smaller uh, man fingers. Uh, so I was actually able to play pretty well on this. I thought the uh, screen was very bright and very nice. You can, um, you can you can adjust it. The sound is basic, but it comes out of a speaker on the left-hand side nicely. Uh, the one thing I would say is I still feel like that aspect ratio is just slightly out of touch on the screen. It looks slightly wider, slightly stretched. I'm not talking... It's closer to a, t- a TV, <clears throat> how the TV would be. Yeah, it, it's, it doesn't have... It doesn't have, like, that awful... Um, Sixteen nine, like it's you know how if you take a four three grade game and you stretch it to sixteen nine, it's very obviously stretched and gross. Um, this is not quite so obvious, but like when you look at the the blocks, they don't look perfectly square. They look like they're just slightly stretched this, by a pixel or two. This is how eighties TVs were. They weren't like because we look at like an like an emulator, it would be like you know ten to fifteen percent thinner, stretched thinner. This is how a TV would look if you played it on TV in the eighties. I, I I didn't mind that. It didn't throw me off with that. This is this is the um, original Super Mario Brothers ROM. This is not because you know why I know the difference. It does not control like uh, Super Mario Thirty Five does. That's sure. for damn sure. Because you have the momentum when you jump. You have the, the more skittishness. You have the less less hoppiness on the enemies, the multiple enemies. Because on Super Mario Thirty Five, they've really roughed out. I want to call them. Uh, they're not even rough edges. But like when you when you hop on enemies, you can hop on one Goomba. You'll run to the second and die. This is a lot more challenging. This is the original OG Super Mario Brothers experience on here, which I like that they did that. They didn't go cheap on that. Nope. Um, um, but they did add some nice, uh, some nice uh, like cheats to it. Um, some quality of life stuff. Uh, for instance, if you hold down the A button, uh, I think it's for if you hold down the A button and press start, you'll get infinite lives. Oh, um, really? Yep. Let me see that. I didn't. <clears throat> well, the A button is start. No. A button start. So I said, hold on, B, and maybe hit it? Let me let me try. Um, I did it last night. I thought it was A and then the start button underneath. Um, There's a pause. You can come back to it. Even if you go out of the game to another game, uh, you can come back to where, exactly where you were. Or if you go to the time, you can come back to it. The timer is adorable because you can switch between different scenes on the on the clock with the... Uh, what is it? With the, which button was it? When you hit, oh, when you hit time, you go between three different... Three different modes on there. Um, you can obviously set the time and do all that. Uh, then it has the original. It has Super Mario Bros. Two, which is which is trash, but I'm glad they included it. Um, and then it has uh, Super Mario Brothers Ball, which I got up to like a hundred and I stopped playing. Which is just the ju- it's just the juggling mode. Oh, it kept me on the pause, Ian. When I, when I, see, it kept me on the yeah. pause days later. I'm at 102 right now on Super Mario Ball right there. So that's that's how they actually branded the box, which I was surprised. They branded they branded it with, with uh, it was ball. That's how they branded. It. But it says Super Mario Brothers on the top there. Let me say this real quick because I totally did this last night, and it's what it's telling me. Another way you can have infinite lives is to press and hold the A button before pressing start on the main screen. You'll start playing with infinite lives. You can play with Luigi in ball uh, by oh. holding A for five seconds um, uh, before starting the game. Okay. Just hold it down, and then uh, you can activate the hard mode immediately um, in the game. So in Super Mario Brothers, you can do it. In Super Mario, uh, you need to complete the first Super Mario Brothers, and then the option will appear at any time to set it okay. to hard or easy. Otherwise, you can hit you can hit B to start any level you want. 
Yes, from the from the main screen. So that so that's so that's pretty cool to be able to do that. So so yeah, there's a little bit uh there's a little bit of extra little niceties they put in here. Um, like Ian said, the, the the screen is bright bright and tight as they say in the in the auction for arcades. And now Ian, the the easy thought that comes to mind. You enjoyed yours, right? I enjoyed this. Yeah, it's fifty dollars when you say oh it's fifty bucks or getting a couple of games. Gaming watches weren't cheap in the eighties. I'm, I'm not justifying. I'm saying that game watches were never that cheap. You know, they weren't. Not only they were fifty bucks, but they were at least thirty bucks probably back in the eighties. They were they were they were the marquee Cadillac handheld you know uh, systems or or one, you know one off uh, handhelds at the time more than a Tiger or anything else. Um, I will I will do a pat guarantee right now that you will see a Legend of Zelda one next year with one and two. I will guarantee you'll see that for the thirty fifth of Zelda next year. Yeah, I think they're going to see these sell like hotcakes and come out with that. No, I think that would be very cool. I'd like to see that. Um, I also have a feeling that, I mean, who knows? Well, maybe but, Legend of Zelda 1, if not 2, but I think the first two would, would, would work well. I feel like um, I feel like everything gets hacked these days. I'm interested in seeing if these get hacked. Load up a Load up whatever whatever memories in here. Yeah, load up. I mean, if it'll if it'll handle NES ROMs and how many it'll handle, I'm Put sure. Some Wally Bear on the go. Yeah, some Wally Bear on the go. Um, yeah, because I don't think it would be able to hold much. But who knows what's in there? Um, I think it would be fun to play like Final Fantasy or something on there. Has someone even done it already? It's been out for three days or four days. I'm Actually, sure. it's worth looking. Yeah, Game and Watch, my brother's hack. Because there is a, to power a USB C, so maybe they could. You know, that's how they basically did it with the NES. There are already videos. Yeah, three days ago, hacking the Nintendo Game and Watch Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> oh, oh my God! So it was like by by Saturday they had them out. Like yeah. within, within 24 hours they had them out. Um, no, I'm like I said, I'm impressed. This could this could be a whole new line for Nintendo to come back in and come out with these they yeah really these, i mean I, I really think these will be available i just looked because i was trying to look up the hacking but uh they are not these nintendo game and watches are not sold out at the ocean beach location of target so you oh. could go down there and get one right now uh, and it says you can there's only one left at sports arena but as of right now if you were on if you were online right this moment you could be reserving one at sports arena there's only one left but so the fact that a few they're going to be hard to come by sure. but you're going to be able to get one if you want to well, get one i think it's not it's not a product that would appeal to everyone like sure. it, but it'll appeal to a lot of people still because it could appeal to younger people that didn't grow up with these oh this is kind of niche and and retro it'll appeal to people that grew up with them like us um it, you know and have one as a kid obviously i, I had handhelds but i don't know it's it's the form factor i i think they hit on, on something and it's not the garbage fucking micro uh, saying things but this you can actually play without a fucking magnifier on it you know like this is perfect size if they went a little bit smaller i'd have an issue but like i said I managed. I managed to play this. I think I slipped up one time getting used to the D pad, but no, this was a, this was a fun. This was fun. Good stuff. I, th- I think fifty bucks. I wouldn't buy a ton of these at fifty bucks. At forty, I think you'd sell a lot more. But hey, it's another way. It's a way Nintendo can resell you Super Mario Brothers for the seventeenth time. Yes, and, and that seventeenth probably is not even hyperbole at this point. It's probably around seventeen times. Oh, I'm sure they resold this to you over the years. <laughs> They've, I mean, I'm running through my head. NES Classic Edition, eShop, multiple times. Yeah. I'm sure it was included on Super Mario Brothers Advance in some form, maybe, or another. You know, no, one it of the wasn't. Cards. Oh, it wasn't one of those? But anyway. It got its own Game Boy Advance cartridge. Super Mario 35th, Super Mario 25. You know, there's a lot of ways you got this. Yeah. All-Stars, obviously, up the wazoo. 
So anyway, that's it. So Legend of Zelda for sure. I think I'd be confident. I wonder if they would stick that close with the branding to make sure, okay, it, we can only put this out again. Nintendo or Sticklers, it had to have been on a Game & Watch. So Legend of Zelda actually was one of the last Game & Watches. Super Mario Brothers actually was. That's why I wasn't surprised they didn't include the Super Mario uh, Brothers that, That's here. actually my big bummer. Uh, that, that I feel like that's a, a real missed opportunity. I would love to see if someone could emulate other Game & Watch games and get those dumped on there. That would actually be neat um the super mario brothers game and watch game i mean it did exist i i really have no idea why they didn't include it on there or is that as a case and it's actually a lot of fun um i mean for an advanced game and watch it really does uh feel like you're playing a a platforming game Um, it almost comes off like well we have the shell already from from the game and watch we have you know let's not do something anything different we'll keep it like this and just see how it does maybe that's what they thought it's weird because the super mario game and watch i believe is blue and silver with white buttons definitely blue yeah so i'm just surprised that they went simple they went we'll go old school game and watch from 1980 and we'll do it like that but no, like i said i'm impressed by this are you actually going to keep it on as, as a clock you know put it on uh no probably not not did, as a did anyone do that with their game and watch probably not no the batteries would have ate away in a few well i'm uh, always bummed because I, I, I there's no alarm function on there if there was oh, there al- isn't no not that you? i could find if there was an alarm function i'd use You'd it. actually use it i'd use it as an alarm then you need clock. like a, a little stand in the back to stand yeah i was that first thing i did was flip it over and i'm like uh. anyway so good this is a good product this is going to be the, the christmas seller because there isn't a big you know game release i guess outside of super mario the 35th you know, anniversary, but that's, you know, I think this is, I think the kids are going to like this. It's a neat stocking stuffer. Sure. All right. Ian, Pat, uh, Billy Mitchell is in the news again. Yeah. Fuck him. Um, Ian, when you curse that close, I have to, I have to bleep it out because we, we get, we can get dinged for our monetization anyway. Um, so Billy Mitchell has, has been involved with multiple lawsuits, um, defamation suits against, uh, Twin Galaxies because they re- rejected it and, and, and banned them because of the alleged uh, cheating on scores. Um, he he sued uh, YouTuber uh, 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 oh my printer went off uh, Apollo Legend for calling him uh, calling him out in videos. They came to an agreement. It sounds like they did a, they did a Kickstarter to counter sue. That didn't happen. Um, I got a refund. I did I did donate for his legal defense. I got a refund in the past week or so. So I think that finally they're going out to people. So that's. It's un, un, un it's, it's, not, it's not disclaimed uh, how much uh, what, what that agreement was or how much money uh, Apollo Legend had to pay to Billy Mitchell or whatever. Uh, but now Billy Mitchell is being sued, sued by Twin Galaxies now. After yep. I guess that lawsuit is gone now. Twin Galaxies is saying, okay, it's our turn now. So Billy Mitchell is being sued uh, for fraud and racketeering. So a YouTuber um, named Carl Jobst or Jobst. I guess found the legal documents online and discussed them uh, here uh, in, in a video. So I'm going off of, of his analysis of this and what he's presented here. So th- this is this is uh, this filing is recent, and he's being sued for uh, over three million dollars by Twin Galaxies. I believe someone said that the amount. Uh, someone pointed out that the amount he is being sued for is the uh, score that you get if you play a perfect game of Pac-Man. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I should have realized when I saw that I was like th- a lot of threes in there. I was like three million three hundred or something. Th- it's uh, pretty great. Uh, so okay, so so Twin Galaxies was was owned by uh, Walter Day and Billy Mitchell, and they sold it to Jace Hall in two thousand fourteen. There was turnover. Jace Hall uh, uh, took control of it, and obviously it's been a little bit rough since then. Since 
he uh, he must have realized he bought a, a fucking shit show right. based upon uh, alleged fraudsters and, and hucksters that built up the brand over the years, in, including uh, uh, you know uh, Todd Rogers, uh, I- including Billy Mitchell. I don't know who the hell else. There's allegations of like pedophiles being involved allegedly with with, with Queen Galaxies in the past. There's a lo- there's a lot of shit that it looks like maybe Jace Hall didn't realize he bought at the time that. Maybe it's not worth as much as he thought. It so, feels like it was basically misrepresented to him. Sure. So you can and, and, and things that were done by Billy Mitchell and Walter Day were were done in a way to increase the clout of a place like Twin Galaxies to prepare it for a sale. Sure. And here's the thing: you could you could um, if you're selling something to someone, you could you could gas it up and, and be like, oh yeah, you can always say it's better than what it really is. But if you engage in what you think is uh, what you think the other party is engaging in fraudulent behavior on the way of building that company, and that's not disclosed, or you don't know that, and you buy it. Well, maybe you you have some legal recourse, and, and that's what I think Jace Hall has decided is that there's always been a ton of negative publicity. I've only heard bad stories coming out of Twin Galaxies the past years. Have we have we commented on it otherwise? Has no, not really. I mean, it, it, obviously, there's there's a there's a, a big uh, market still for competitive gaming, and for high scores. Uh, but at this point, he probably felt, all right, uh, this was not whatever, for whatever amount of money he bought it for wasn't worth it, obviously. And now there's damages and the name being uh, drugged through the mud. But he's now looking into what occurred in the past, allegedly with Billy Mitchell and Walter Day, in order to make Billy Mitchell. You know, uh, his esteem, like, you know, he's the best gamer ever. You know, he has all these records. So in this video, uh, it, it talks about really what's being alleged in the, in the, in the, in the civil suit. Uh, things like, you know, eliminating uh, the first perfect game uh, score so that it was really uh, Billy Mitchell getting the first Pac-Man uh, p- perfect game. Things like that. Uh, you know, wiping out uh, Steve Wiebe's uh, scores uh, so that... Uh, Billy Mitchell got all these high million scores first. Things like that. Things that, uh, if turn out to be true, are, are fraudulent. They're fraud. Right. Uh, so I think this. What happened probably in this case is that uh, when, when Jace Hall got got acquired all this, he probably thought it was on the up and up. He didn't dig into this stuff. But when 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 this when the, the alleged you know main Donkey Kong video thing come, came out, and then once you get sued and you, and you start to go through any form of discovery or looking into this stuff, he probably went, "Oh wow, look at all the stuff I didn't realize right. that might have happened. Look at all this stuff. Oh, uh, Todd Rogers, uh, he he's being the referee for his buddy uh, Billy Mitchell, and he's the and, one verifying this stuff. And and he's and, already had it proven that some of his high scores are just flat out bullshit. Yeah. Um, so he probably realized, "Wow, this is bad." I, I was I was sold a, a, you know, a lemon basically in terms of the trademark right. and IP and and the website and this is bad. Um, so this is uh, from from the court filings. You can go through the video yourself, but um, old Twin Galaxies violation of California Civil Code, Code Section one seven zero nine and the deceit it has engaged in as set forth in this cross complainant constitutes unlawful, unfair, and fraudulent business acts and practices in violation of California's unfair competition law. Old Twin Galaxies' unlawful, unfair, and fraudulent business acts and practices have allowed it to unfairly compete in the market. Old Twin Galaxies should be enjoined from further acts of unfair competition. Um, and then it goes into some of the more details about the, the purchase a- agreement. Um, that, in the, that in the purchase agreement itself, 
uh, looks like uh, Jace Hall. A container representation warrant, warranty that the Twin Galaxies score database did not contain any untrue or misleading, misleading statement of fact. Hey, I'm buying this reputation of this website, uh, and these scores have been around forever. I'm buying, like, this is real, right? Like, you guys are... This is the truth. This right. Is, you, you know, this has to be... If, if, if we can't trust the scores, that's all we have. That's a reputation. And then when it comes out of you afterwards, oh, wow, all these scores have to be wiped out. Your reputation's shit. It's shot. So, yeah, I mean, to the point where he probably feels like it's irreparable. And yeah, maybe I, w- I wouldn't have bought it if I know. I, would you have bought it if you had known? Oh, absolutely not. The, per- the, the people allegedly that ran the site were engaged in fraud to make themselves look as good as they as they do. It brings up uh, the, the things like the ridiculous one is is that what he thought what he claimed that Namco gave him the gamer the yeah award. that's 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 really all I wanted to bring it's up disgusting. was just uh, na- so uh, there's a, a award that Billy talks about uh, being the gamer of the century that was given to him by uh, the guy who created Pac Man I think was even who we said it uh, who said gave it to him or it was someone high up at Namco and basically what the and it was a ruse and it was shown in this video that the award was given to Billy by Walter Day. He created the award. He created the award, made up an award for Billy, because Billy had to have an award. And these are probably the people who are against participation trophies. And um, goes out to Japan, uh, plays a game, and uh, then basically talks Namco into being like, hey, this will be a good photo opportunity for you. Hand it to Billy. Takes takes a photo of himself holding his award next to them and then goes out and tells people that Namco gave him the award as greatest gamer of the century. Which is funny because even if they had, what the fuck does that mean? Are you 10? I'm the greatest gamer of the century, <laughs> okay? Well, to build up reputation, but the funny right, thing is but that... It, it's, it, could, it would be a silly, meaningless award regardless. But it's even a horrible lie because you can just ask, hey, Namco, did you give Billy Mitchell the, the, the gamer of the century award? And they said no. Like, no. Yeah. It's not an award, first of all. We right. didn't do that. It's not a thing. So, um, more, more stuff from the lawsuit filing here. Beginning in 1997, Walter Day and Billy Mitchell conspired and, and agreed to commit fraud to restore old Twin Galaxies to prominence and increase the value of the business assets for potential future suitors. Plaintiff is informed, believes, and based thereon alleges that Walter Day and Billy Mitchell conspired to manufacture a persona for Billy Mitchell as the greatest video game player of all time. The problem was that Billy Mitchell lacked the requisite natural skill or, or ability to be the, the greatest video game player of all time. So it, it, it also it goes into more details about this and the fact that when Billy actually went to these live competitions, he never placed first or close to first. And one he placed, I think, 25th out of 25th, it showed on the list of players at the time. One he placed, I think the, the highest he got was like six. So he was never the greatest Donkey Kong player among his peers sure. at these events. You can't claim you're the greatest player if, if you're not. Like So in terms of building a, building a persona, that wouldn't be horrible uh, to try to build persona if it wasn't if if you if you weren't lying to do it you can you can bullshit if if as long as you're not lying and, and creating uh, alleged you know uh, miscalculations that well uh, I'm the greatest player you can say that if you weren't trying to also wipe out other scores of players wipe out their existence yeah. qualify <laughs> things and this is even before King of Kong this stuff was was happening it was in the lead up to King of Kong uh, this yeah here's here's the one uh, one score. From one event where Billy Mitchell was dead last, out of the, he was oh he was twenty second out of twenty second at a King Kong, a King Kong Donkey Kong event, right there. So, um, yeah, there's there's more in here. There's a lot. I'm gonna say this: this ain't gonna be settled out of court. I think they're gonna go to they're gonna go to a, a jury trial. 
I think. I think he's going to drag Billy Mitchell into court and Walter Day and go after them. And and their cohorts as I well. think it's worthwhile. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think he's, gonna, he's going to settle for Billy getting away with this scot-free. I mean, he may not get the $3 million, but no. he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna ruin Billy Mitchell if he thinks he did this stuff, and rightfully so if he did. Um, yeah, I mean, for someone who's been using the court system so... As, as a toy uh, to protect his fragile yeah. ego. I, it, it, to me, it's incredibly hilarious that this is coming back to bite him in the ass. To fabricate, this is from the lawsuit, to fabricate the lore of Billy Mitchell as a great video game player, Walter Day and purged other people's scores in the Twin Galaxies score database when it was republished in 97. Scores of Billy Mitchell that were not world records previously suddenly became world records. For example, Billy Mitchell was installed as a world record holder for Donkey Kong Jr. video game when, in fact, another player's score was removed by Walter Day upon republication. Similarly, Walter Day and Billy Mitchell rejected claims from other players, Bill Basketball being one, that they had achieved a perfect score in the Pac-Man video game, but accepted the claim of Billy Mitchell to recognize him as the first player to achieve such a perfect score. So there's a lot of this stuff out there now that I guess it's all coming together in this lawsuit that people had either alleged or talked about over the years, but they didn't have the, the clout or the, or the means to really come out. But when it's a civil course, oh boy, is it going to come out. Yeah. Because now you're going to go <clears throat> on the record, they'll put you in front of a camera, and they're going to walk you through this stuff uh, upon discovery and be like, all right, we're going to go through this stuff. Even before the, the court case, we're going to talk about all these things that happened and they're going to get witnesses and things like that. And, and, and uh, affidavits about, you know, this is serious yep. a lawsuit like this. Oh, there's the plaque on here. Oh, it's fucking hysterical. The plaque player of the century award. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? You're great at every fucking game that's ever come out. Cause you're good at Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. Kick your ass at Contra. I'm not the video game, uh, gamer of the century because of that. It's ridiculous. It is. It's absurd. I play a mean game at Cruising USA. I'm not the gamer of the century because of that. I mean, what the... God, I, I'm so glad I'm not involved with this, with this fucking arc, classic fucking arcade high score scene. I'm so glad. It, it's just garbage. It's a bunch of weirdos. It sounds mostly, mostly <laughs> garbage. All right, Ian, we have a Patreon for the podcast, don't we? We do patreon.com slash cu podcast what do you get oh i'll tell you what you get you get you get the full video podcast you get a monthly hangout which i will probably do this weekend uh you also get uh about a once weekly writing from me i just posted one up about dragon's lair because that's how my brain works i get focused on something for a couple of weeks and that's all i can think about so go read about my experiences with dragon's lair and we also do these poll topics you can vote on a topic what do we got all right in uh, third place what do you miss about gaming convention 17 percent uh in, in second place 20 percent. besides super mario 35 what retro games can make good battle royale games and in first place at what is that 61 percent and by the way, I'm not getting rid of choices two and three in the Patreon. You got to vote those in because these are good topics. They're just saying, what would a CU podcast garage sale potentially look like? So it's a patenting garage sale, Ian. What would that look like to you if we, if we went in together on a garage sale? <laughs> that is a garage sale that I would want to go to. I've been thinking about this topic, and I think it would be a fun one. I think it'd be one of those garage sales that people would travel for. What would I likely be getting rid of at a garage sale if we were to have one? In a month, I can tell you what the, I, I would be bringing. I would be bringing uh, records that I no longer need. Um, I would be bringing LCD games that I no longer need. Um, oh, and, me too. And I would be bringing. Um, I would be bringing uh, a bunch of uh, 
I'm getting rid of more and more of my 3DS and regular DS stuff. Um, because, uh, not because I need the money, but because I play those so little, and I'm starting to realize that if I don't want to start forking out hundreds of dollars for some of the games that I want on the PC Engine, uh, I should probably sell some of the video game stuff that I'm sure. not using and, and, and put it towards it. So, uh, this has been a topic that we've been thinking about for a while, and it really has helped me kind of go wow. through in my head and um, think about what I would be getting rid of, say, at the next convention, whenever, whenever that actually happens to come around. Um, you know, the the stuff that I would be willing to to part with. Um, so yeah, I think it would uh, records. I wouldn't ever take to an actual convention, but a garage sale. Yeah, I'd have records out there. I'd have games out there, mostly portable related stuff. Um, and I would possibly even be looking to offload and sell off some of my board games. I've purchased a lot oh, of board okay. purchased a lot of board games over over the years. I love board games. It's just not in my friends group. Uh, the certain games work, certain games don't, and some of the you know uh, more like war focused board game board games. I have a lot of hill stuff. Not exactly that, but I mean yes, stuff you know of that level of complexity. I just have to realize that I'm never gonna I'm never gonna play it. I have a ton of tabletop games, and I, you know I mean. just get rid of them. They, and the thing is, I always kind of forget I have them because we don't have them in the living room they're in like the the bedroom on a shelf but they take up so much space board games more than anything take up loads and loads of space oh sure and if i was in a position where i could still play them regularly or i played them regularly i wouldn't matter but at this point it's just looking like money that's sitting there that i could use for other things uh, anything else any clothes you would sell no uh clothes would be one thing you definitely wouldn't see at a garage sale from me because i wear my shit until it's absolutely just to the point of it needs to be thrown out oh okay yeah i don't think i have it. like all like old like like uh winter coats or things all, like that all worn to shit okay okay all right any toys you got that you would sell any knickknacks macho man statue I would not sell that Macho Man statue. I've had many people tell me that if I ever get rid of that Macho Man statue, that I need to contact them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I wonder what that statue's going. Yeah, I, was, for I just looked on it. I got. I got to find it. Uh, Macho Man. Uh, so here's the thing. WrestleMania Five. Before I get into my stuff that I would have, oh, let's talk about it right now. Okay. Obviously, I'm going to do the Great Pat Collection sell of 2021. I'm going to sell a chunk of my stuff. About maybe 40, 50 percent by volume. Be a volume sale. But I have so many toys, so many toys, that I'll probably end up doing the same thing where I'll, I'll have, like, a toy seller come out and buy a bunch of my toys. I mean, I Ian, I have stuff from, obviously, lots of G.I. Joes that are worth a lot of money at this point that weren't worth that much five, six, seven, eight years ago. Mm -hmm. I probably have $2,000 worth of G.I. Joes easily, maybe three $3,000 worth of G.I. Joe stuff. I have a bunch of He-Man stuff, a lot of He-Man stuff, Ninja Turtle stuff, Transformers stuff. I have stuff like crash test dummies. Keep my muscle. Really? Out. Yeah, yeah. They're hard to find. The cra I have one, one complete in the, uh, new, in the, new in the fucking package uh, figure. I have a lot of toy stuff. Um, I have a lot of comic books like I have to sell. A lot. Those will go cheap, except for you know the ones that are the few that are worth money anymore. I look at comic books when I go to swap meet, and I'm like, this is all garbage. These comics are worthless. 99% of comic books are worthless. Um, but I have some good stuff. I have stuff that I collected when I was a kid in the 80s and 90s. I have stuff, Silver Age, Bronze Age stuff. Not a lot of high-grade stuff, but I got some good stuff. I got the first appearance of Iron Fist. I got the first you know, Luke Cage. 
you know, I don't, I don't have a comic book that's probably worth $1,000 or $2,000, but I got ones worth hundreds probably here and there. Um, you know, or at this point, I don't know. Um, so I guess stuff like that I'm going to sell. Obviously, like I said, some of the game stuff. Uh, I do have some t-shirts I throw in a pile that I never wear. I have some t-shirt stuff uh, that I have there. I have, I have some, uh, I have the tabletop, I have a lot of Avalon Hill games. I have the fucking cyberpunk tabletop game. Uh, I have that, you know, I think because when, when Cyberpunk was announced, like, I think I, that, I recognized the fucking logo. Um, so I think I have the, the tabletop game, which came out like 84 or something. I have it somewhere in a box. There, I have, I have the, the, there's an alien one I think I have. I believe tabletop game. So I have like, oh, your eyes lit up. I, I, got, I got some of these. I mean, it's things. probably awful, but yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, Frank has the board game. We played the, the alien board game from 79. It's fantastic. So like, I have tons of board games. Obviously, tons of video game stuff. Um, I have tons of DVDs. Not tons of DVDs. I have DVDs that, you know, I'll keep some of them, but most of them, I'll keep Embrace the Vampire. That one's not going anywhere. You know, so, um, so yeah, I have, we have lots of stuff to sell. Here's the thing, though, Ian. In the garage, so though, people usually want things dirt cheap. Are you willing to let anything you have go dirt cheap? Um, the extra... Or cheaper. Cheaper, yeah. I, I, but I, I always... I, 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 that's how I end up selling all my stuff day one at conventions. I'm always cheaper than I should be at those things. Not like, not to the level where someone would easily buy it to flip it, but I'm probably a good 25% cheaper than what going rate would be when I oh. sell things. And I would, I would, I would definitely maintain a, a pretty low cost level because at a garage sale, you just want to get in and get out. You want it to be done as quick as possible. I think at a yard sale, if it's cash, I'll go down to 50%, 50% off. Oh, sure. I absolutely would too. I'm just saying I, I always start when I sell things, I'm usually starting from a fairly low place. Yeah. 50% off. You're going to take, you know, if I sell a bunch of my game stuff, it's going to be, it's going to probably end up in the 50% off range. Probably like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, have a ball. Collecting it, reselling it, I don't care. You know, you know, take it. Uh, there you go. So that's probably what's going to happen. Um, any, 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 like, uh, uh, bric-a-brac that you would sell? Any, any house, houseware items or, like, plates or anything? That, that's usually at yard sales or, like, an old silverware set. You know, things like that that you don't think about. That, oh, I got this laying around. Um, maybe, maybe some mugs. I feel like we always end up you got with mugs? more mugs than we need. I love mugs. And I'll have a because lot of, of that, we end up with more mugs than we need, and it's probably time to let some of them move on. I, oh, I got a bunch of, I got stuff like Star Wars soap from like 79 and 80. I got like Yoda soap, but like in the package, so I should just give it to, to Billy Love's old Star Wars stuff. Uh, Billy Gate from Game Chasers. But uh, I got stuff like that, like all around. I got little crap like that. I got, I got, um, I got, I got some pogs. I got a bunch of, uh, a bunch of pins. I got a bunch of pins before the now was that big, just regular pins that Frank would have. He'd give me a bag of like 60 of them. You know, I got, I got, I got lots of good stuff. I feel like having a yard sale at some point. If I could do it and, and not give away my home address, I think I have a yard sale. <laughs> Just to pick someone's uh, yard somewhere else and do a yard sale. The flea market I did with Frank a few years ago was enlightening, be- because, um, <laughs> because while well, I sold a g- good amount of stuff, I didn't sell even. I sold about a third of the stuff I brought there, but um, and some of it was priced to move. But I didn't realize that you got to come out multiple weeks to sell all the stuff yeah i didn't realize yeah. that time i was like okay i'll mail some no unless you're literally giving the stuff away you can't get rid of it like i've uh i, I have the I, was, I sold some of the loot crate stuff there uh that was like right four years ago i did, did that with with frank um i think bobby and crystal have all my loot crate stuff <laughs> that they took from my storage unit but uh yeah that's the type of stuff i would sell i, I i'd have a good variety but yes you're right we would have people come from out of state if they thought oh pat and Ian are selling a bunch of game stuff like people would come from out of state uh, it'd be like one of those Craigslist things where people 
put, remember the people put the fake Craigslist ad? And, yeah, and they weren't really there. It, yeah. it would be nuts. People would. How how early do you think people would get to our get to our? Uh, our six. Right, six, five. They would get to it. They they would get so early and ask to come in the house. I'd be like, seven o'clock. Come back. Come back. Seven o'clock. So just to wrap up, the uh, statue I have is the WWE Icon Series Macho Man Randy Savage. I have wrestling figures too, by the way. I have figures everything. <laughs> um, it's this is this is not a figure. Icons? This is a this is a big statue. Oh, I know. I've seen, I know it. Um, I cannot find one for sale anywhere online. It's called Icon Statue. Icon Series WWE Icon Series Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, a comparable out of print Icon Series statue for Triple H. Uh, which I don't think is worth as much, I saw going secondhand for $600. So I would imagine that this Macho Man statue, Vani once... The value. value. Yeah, Vani once told me, it was like a year ago, she was well, just what, what, like... What did it retail for? 350 I think. So they've gone up in the three aftermarket. 3 or 350 Oh, yeah. Um, they only made... I think they only made 300 of them. Oh, Wow. Okay. Uh, it maybe 500 of them, but I know it was 500 or under. I think it might have been 300. McFarlane Toys. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was it, it was one of those things where, like, she never tells me the price of things, but it it kind of came out later on when it was like, oh, by the way, just be careful with that. Because <laughs> immediately people wanted those. Like, they sold out, like, super quick. Did you keep the box? Yeah, I've got everything for it. Oh, it's yeah. A, it's a gorgeous fucking statue. Right, I, think, I think it's going to go in the yard sale, maybe. Mm-mm. It was a gift from Vani. I don't. I don't sell gifts. They never sold anything I gave you as a gift. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Oh, I have a bunch of. You think Ian has handhelds? I got. I got handhelds as well. I got lots of handhelds and tabletop games and things like that. So we might have to have like multiple days. Like day one is like toys and tabletops. Yeah. Day two is like video games only because I think between me and you we can have just like. If we're talking about just a yard and garage sale, like we'll need more space. We'll just we'll need like the whole front lawn. We'll need everything. We'll we'll do we'll do the Luna commercial uh, yard sale. That's what we'll do. <laughs> remember that one? Yeah, I remember that. That that that, that helped film I was in. That was like ten years ago. Yeah, that was ages ago. That was wow. So all right, well thanks for that Patreon uh, poll suggestion there. patreoncom slash podcast. So we got we got voicemails, Ian, that you could you can leave us, and you go to anchor.fm slash to see a podcast, and you can leave us voicemails. You you can compliment my hair uh, out there, those lovely people. You can you can ask us uh, questions, and, and and it's a it's it's a good time. We're gonna have a good time. So um, we're gonna go through some right now. We're gonna start uh, with uh, Brian here. If I can scroll down and find Brian on here, it's always hard to find. Uh, the first one here. I, I, I did not have it queued up. Uh, unfortunately, here is this. Is this Brian? Here's Brian. This is Brian from Amish Country, Pennsylvania, coming at you live from Lancaster. As I listen oh. to the most recent podcast, I just wanted to say that I love what you guys do, Pat. I've met you several times at too many games. Oh. And you need to do something about that intermittent fasting because your mouth is always watering when you talk food. So maybe have like a, a stick of cheese or a granola bar or a pack of Skittles to hold you over. Ian, you are fantastic. Have a great day. Well, thank uh, you. You know what I love? <laughs> I love that Amish country uh, ice cream. It's like the best thing ever. Here's the thing about me uh, eating with podcasts. People hate when I would, would eat yogurt or chew on something. Like, well, no. so I can't do it. I got to suffer. I, I got to suffer. I think he wants you to do it beforehand. 
No, no, but no, no, no. I, I got intermittent fast. It's fantastic intermittent fasting. I recommend it to all the guys out there to, to do that. <sighs> there, but uh, I appreciate you looking out for me there. All right, this is uh, this is from David here. Hey guys, love the podcast, but I have to take umbrage with your blatant disrespect of fine Scottish band Big Country. You'll know that they have nine studio albums, 18 live albums, 25 compilations, 29 singles, and counting because they're still releasing new music, of which In a Big Country wasn't even their biggest hit in most of the world. It was Look Away, which came out a couple years later. They continue to tour, release new music today, although with a new singer since Stuart Adamson passed away. So take it back, guys. They're a fine, thriving Scottish band. What are you, the fan club president, David? <laughs> all right, I take it back. I don't take back Sorry. anything. All right, well, first of all, you should never continue a band when the lead singer dies. Like, you should never do that. That almost never works out. Um, I agree that you should not. I, I find that replacing lead singers is very, very difficult. However, I mean, I understand. I mean, we're, we're not the entire world. They probably had a huge right. run elsewhere. Well, in this country, Big Country had, was a one-hit wonder. I never heard of Look Away in my life. I'll look it up afterwards. Hey, Ian and Pat. This is Gorian from Toronto. I do a podcast on Screen Rant every other week, and oh. this week we discussed best year in movies. I picked 1997 because Con Air and Face Off. Need I say more? Probably. My question for you two is, what are some possible best years for gaming, eh? All right, boys, take it easy. Oh, if 97 is your best year because of Face Off and Con Air, woo, okay. Uh, <laughs> I like Con Air, but, you know, that, that's, those are like the, the, uh, the higher-end popcorn movies to me there. So what's your, what's your, what's your uh, favorite? If you had to pick one year for gaming, what would it be? Oh, I'm trying here. Um, okay, I will... I want to go with 2000 um, because I don't have I, I don't have any I don't have any year that I remember like clearly clearly like a bunch of things coming up but I remember it seemed like a bunch of good games came out around the year 2000 so my reasoning for this the Dreamcast came out in uh, summer of 99 it was in full gear by the 2000 winter um, so that would have been a, a bunch of really good arcade ports it would have just been a good year for gaming because the Dreamcast was, for its only moment in time, um, a hot system. Looking at games that actually came out in uh, 2000, I'm seeing uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, which is my favorite in the series. Um, Final Fantasy 9, which I knew came out in 2000 and was one of my reasons for picking 2000. It's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Diablo 2 came out in 2000. I love Diablo 1 and Diablo 3. I need to give Diablo 2 a chance, but I feel like it's a good argument for 2000 is a good year in gaming and I believe Pokemon Gold and Silver was released in the US in 2000 as well which uh, I um, I put a lot of time into um, so yeah I'm going to just kind of say 2000 without doing a whole lot more research 1993 and that's a year I thought of then I actually looked at the list I'm like this is better than I thought Doom's in 93 isn't it it, it is in 93 yeah. If you, unless you're Rue, you don't like it. Um, Rue. In the arcade in 93, Mortal Kombat 2 came out. This is like the last hurrah for arcade stuff, basically. Like sure. Early, mid-90s. You had Samurai Showdown come out. You had Ridge Racer. You had Virtual Fire. You had NBA Jam come out in 93. We're talking like this is the last, like the Bronze Age of arcades, basically, at this point. Um, X-Wing comes out in the PC. 
Star Fox comes out on Super Nintendo. Seventh Guest, so the rise of CD-ROM gaming. Link's, Link's Awakening on Game Boy. The Game Boy stuff yeah, you like right there. Uh, Mist, Day, uh, yeah, Day of the Tentacle. So the PC gaming uh, getting big. Uh, you still had NES release. You had Mega Man Sexy. So NES was hanging on for dear life. So you had this combination of everything. Arcades being at its final heights, we'll just say, there. Um, PC gaming really taking over, at least for for Pat personally, it was taking over from console games there. But you still had Super Nintendo and Genesis and stuff like that. That's the year. It's 93. And I thought of that and I went right to it. And it didn't let me down. 93 is that year. All right. Uh, next. G'day, boys. My name's Dave Lover from Australia. Uh, my mates call me Uncle Chook. <laughs> um, just ringing in to say Arctic Adventure has to be one of my favorite games. <laughs> yes, it's an absolute cracker. If you haven't played it, I suggest uh, either downloading the uh, emulator or whatever you have to do because it's quite a rare game these days. Um, I actually traded it in and uh, got myself a new pile warmer and some Red Bulls a few years ago. Spewing, eh? Anyway... You guys are doing a fair income good job. Uh, you're, you're top blokes. Uh, and strike me pink if you ever stop doing what you're doing. So um, when I'm out there busting a gut on site, you know, chuck you guys on, it's all good. So <laughs> That was super Australian. I love it. There was like so many expression there, I couldn't keep track. He's going to do what to our pinky? I don't know. What, what, what did he say? I, I don't know. Well, well, let me go back to that one thing. He's going to strike a pinky if we quit? Uh, you top blokes. Uh, and strike me pinky if you ever stop doing what you're doing. Strike me pinky. Strike me pinky. Thank you, Uncle Uncle Chuck. I think someone's, I think someone's played it up for the, the recording. No, I think that's how Australians are, and I love Australians. I do, so, too. So if you're an Australian member, what to tell. If you like Psycho Fox or Arctic Adventure HES game, which didn't come out here. There you go. Next. Hi, guys. Uh, Shane here from Dublin and um, Lovely just want to ask you guys did you know of a guy in your area called Roger English he lives in the San Francisco San Diego area and uh, he holds a record, the world record or he held it for playing Pong for the longest amount of time he also holds a bunch of other world records and uh, yeah he's right around the corner from you and I'm pretty sure he owns one of the earliest video game related world records oh huh. So uh, I thought it'd be interesting for you guys to hook up and uh, maybe you could ask him about it or do a little interview or something. Uh, his hostel is in the Mission. Well, I'm not going to go to the information. <laughs> we'll look into that, Shane. All right, Floyd. Hey, guys. I was wondering if you knew it existed and what your thoughts were on the randomizer communities of old NES SNES games uh, like Legend of Zelda Links of the Past, Super Metroid, Ocarina of Time type games. Thanks. So I don't know much about the randomizer community. I, I you know, they, they, it sounds cool because you can basically play the game brand new with, with everything in different spots. You know, I don't know much about it though. I don't know a lot about it. Um, however, Vani's brother came over the one day with um, his laptop and he had been messing around with a Zelda 2 uh, randomizer. And we had some fun with that. 
Um, Zelda 2 is a very hard game to begin with, and the randomizer can automatically throw you into some really tough, really sticky The second quest is close to impossible. Yeah. The second so, quest is tough. So um, I, 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 it's something that I would like to do more of. Um, truth is, I'm not good enough. I, I don't consider myself good enough at many of the base games to feel like I need a randomized mode. But I do think it's neat that people have created these that you know actually spit out play versions that are all jumbled up um a lot of, it, a lot of bush burn in legend of zelda if you don't know where yeah <laughs> so it's yeah like I, luke handle <clears throat> very neat just not something that i do much of all right let's see who is next here i just lost it i just i just lost the, the order here where i was at gaming's best years uncle chuck chas oh here we go hey pat hey ian huge fan of the show been listening since you guys first started the podcast many years back your podcast gets me through all my subway commutes each and every week. Boo! One question I've always wanted to ask. What is your guys' opinion on Space Shuttle Project on the NES? Thank you guys again for all the hard work always. Fucking love Space Shuttle Project. I think it's neat. It's an NES Marathon classic. Yeah, it's a very neat um, game. Um, I, I, I mean... I have it, I have it, Ian. <clears throat> I don't... I don't know that I would necessarily have loved it if I got it as a child. Oh, uh, no, I would have hated it. Um, but specifically, I mean, all of my experience with it is is almost entirely through the marathon, um, and I've played it a little bit myself, and uh, it's a neat game. It's a fun game. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's more it's of a... It's a cracker. It's more of a fun concept than anything, but I think it's a lot of fun to play on the marathon. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, we got to the fourth stressful. stage, didn't we, last time the marathon? Uh, last time we... I, I got the soul panel finally and that was a hard thing where you got the I thought you la- I thought I thought you beat it last time. I thought we finally completed it. There's like it. four missions or five? I got to look it up. But we got we got farther than ever we, we ever did. Yeah, yeah. We made I, I all I know is that last time we made it very far. I just can't remember if we finished Cause it. Cuz as a little guy you, you do the mission with a satellite mission is impossible. But then after that you have to like replace the panels yeah. around and that's actually easier. That satellite one stinks. Cuz then you got to replace the satellite and it has to open up and the things crash into it. Yeah, the That's timing like on really it. Stuff. I know we passed that last time. Yes, though. we did. We got to like the third or fourth mission, but I don't. I don't know after that. It's 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 a it's a fine game. It's a neat game. All right, we'll do one more uh, for this one. Uh, this is from Daniel. Pat, Ian, it's Daniel again. I had a. Oh, I think was Daniel one that almost doxxed himself. Who wanted to buy my games? I think that's who Daniel was. I don't know. The first time. Quick question for you guys. With such large video game collections, record collections, stuff of that nature, how do you guys handle house guests? Do you let people just come in and out of, like, whatever room you have all of your stuff in? Just an interesting thought. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, you're the shit, man. What about me, Daniel? Thanks, Daniel. I don't get any comments. <laughs> um, visitors at the house, they're not as common... As they used to be. So my games are like in their own... Thankfully, not like my condo, which they were spilling all over the place. The games are like, for the most part, they're just in this one area, for the most part. So it's hard to like stumble upon them. And I don't have... Even before COVID, it's not like I have a huge amount of house, house guests over. But the, the, are you, I guess you're concerned about someone stealing something or breaking something. Like, if that's a concern... Uh, unless you're an expert at this stuff, you wouldn't know where to start if you just walked in and you'd be like, what, like, what the fuck is this stuff? You'd be overwhelmed, probably. Sure. You know, think about it, if you're not a video game collector, you walk in this room and you're like, what is this shit? Like, what is it? Uh, it'd be like foreign to you. You wouldn't know where to look. For someone who would know what this stuff is, I would not have someone over unless, I, I mean, 
I would trust everyone I have over. I would I would not invite someone over, at least not have eyes on them, if I didn't trust them. We'll just say that. I just wouldn't. That's just common sense for anyone over at your house. Like, like if, I have, if I have a plumber over, they're probably not going to like wander in and start playing a, a game, you know. Or hey, I'm going to I'm going to pick up Space Shuttle Project and play. I don't see that happening. So uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to say that you should you should always watch out for that. You should always be, especially if you have stuff of value laying around. You know, he's got like a few thousand dollar games like right behind him, for example. So I mean, I, it's just something I guess you have to, just like in real life, you got to be aware of like who's around you, like who's in your house. Yeah, I mean, I don't really worry about it. This isn't my late teens or my early twenties where you know my apartment was essentially a flop house and weird people were coming in and out. <clears throat> Uh, regularly. Um, I know everyone who comes to the apartment, uh, you know, where I live. Um, I trust all of the people Vani has over. Vani trusts all the people I have over. And honestly, the people that we have over are often part of the same friend group anyways. Um, I'm more than happy. I, like, I'm, I'm happy when people come over and uh, start flipping through my records. I have them out, you know, in, uh, on shelves in the living room, because if you enjoy music, I, I, you know, I want you to get curious and go up there and start flipping through the records and seeing what I have and seeing if there's stuff that's interesting to you. It's a hobby of mine that I care about, and, uh, you know, I'd like to talk about it. Uh, it's certainly better than talking about myself. Um, and same with, like, my PC Engine games. I, it is, like Pat says, I, I am not... I take care of my stuff, but... <sighs> I bought this stuff to be used. I never bought any of this stuff with the idea of it being kept separately, you know, and held on to until it reaches a certain value that I would then sell. Um, my copy of Sapphire for my PC engine is on my shelf next to all of my other, um, next to all of my other PC engine games. I don't have it in a special spot. Uh, you know, some of my more valuable records, like, my bootleg Mega Man 2 soundtrack it's just it's in there with all the other records I don't it's all it's all the same to me it's all to be used in to be enjoyed and the fact that it's worth something now or if, depending on what it is that I may have paid something for it it's it's mine now and I, I, I don't get real I don't get real picky about that stuff. If someone had just eaten uh, a large sub sandwich and immediately started to go rummaging through my records, I'd be like, could you wash your hands? But I, I, I'm i not worried about people touching or picking stuff up. I wouldn't let someone in my house that's eating a sub sandwich. You need to finish that outside. They're sloppy. Remember the old Blimpy sub? All that lettuce falls? Oh, I love Blimpy subs. Intermittent fasting. My mouth's starting to water. I should, I should have ate a granola bar beforehand. Well, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the topics. Uh, with topics. Thanks, thanks for leaving us a voice message. Go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. Ian, the holidays are almost here. Have you made your wish list yet, Ian? Have you done that? Well, our sponsor today has the number one wish for gift of the year. Manscaped, the best in men's below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. You are in luck because the Manscaped Performance Package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade System. Cut those vines growing out of your nose. This bundle also includes the Lawnmower 3.0 Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. Let's not forget their famous <laughs> liquid formulations. You can get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene. Get that performance package now to receive their two free gifts. You'll get Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. 
Listen, folks, we, we all know people in our lives that might have a little bit of hygiene issues with hair growing here or there, a little unsightly. Maybe it's your significant other. The holidays is the perfect time to take care of it without, without embarrassing them. So right now you can save 20% off and get free shipping with the code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code CUPODCAST. What are you waiting for? Go, go whack those weeds. Go trim up. Make Santa proud. Trim the tree. Yeah. All right. We have a Q&A on the CU podcast, Ian. This, is, uh, this comes from... Uh, this well, is a combo. It's a two-four. It, uh, Sahoda left us a voice message asking what would our Smash Brothers rosters be, but also uh, Andy, a loser, piggybacked on that and said the Pat and Ian Smash Brothers roster is intriguing. Ian, who would be on your Smash Brothers roster? So... <clears throat> I was just thinking about like the action uh, arcade games that I play that I think could have you know interesting adaptations, um, and lesser known action game characters. So I would uh, uh, there's a few have jumped to my mind. Uh, Susumu from Mr. Driller, I would absolutely want um, in the main character. Uh, yeah, in Smash Brothers, um, the Valkyrie uh, from Valkyrie Noden Setsu. Uh, um, from the old Namco games, she would be perfect. I mean, she she's built for it. And uh, Smash has lots and lots of sword characters. I'm not saying that she needs to be a character in Smash, but in my Smash Brothers, she would perfectly, uh, perfectly represent the well, the sword girl genre. Before I go any farther, it's just going to basically be Namco Smash Brothers. Is that going to be your roster? No, it's okay. not. Uh, the next <laughs> one that I would take would be um, I would take Bonk. Uh, from Hudson Soft Ooh, from Bonk's Adventures. Yes, I would want uh, him in there. Um, I would also want the. Uh, I can never remember her actual name, even though I play all the games there in Japanese. Uh, I would want the main character from uh, Valis. I think the main character from Valis would be good. Her name's not Valis. No, her name's not Valis. Let's <laughs> just say her name. And I would want the um, character from uh, Legendary Axe. Just the caveman. The caveman with the axe. Yeah, the axe one, not the sword boy one. Well, you went for a couple of turbo games there. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so that's, that's your roster. Uh, that's that, that's, uh, that's not a the, start. It's not themed, but you, you have your, yes. your favorites here. Uh, if I went, if I want to go for a themed one, a themed roster here, because so, they mentioned before, like, what would our favorite, like, if we did, like, a beat-em-up game. I was like, okay, then we can do, like, a Tecmo beat-em-up. Yeah, for beat 'em up, I said I'd want a Streets of uh, Streets of Rage um, Final Fight crossover. Sure. So, okay, here's my roster. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you ten. I'm gonna write these down here. I'm gonna try to write these down. You took one because I probably would have said Bonk. Bonk Bonk ha- has the, the I mean all of his attacks are gonna be head attacks for the most part, right? Just how many different headbutts can you do with Bonk? You can do the spin. You do the standard. You can do the dive down. The up. You can have him throw meat. Throw meat. Yeah, you can do all sorts of stuff. That could be like having blow up for his, his ultra smash, you know, mm-hmm. grow, you know, the glow up. What he did in the what was that in the second one? So you have that. You have Bonk, uh, Ryu Hayabusa, of course, from uh, Ninja Gaiden series. I mean, he's slashing, he's attacking. Windmill throwing star would be awesome in Smash Brothers. Yep. You can like jump over and it comes back. That'd be ooh, that's a cool attack. Is there a be, that Smash? Uh, yeah, the boomerang for Simon and Richter. It goes back and forth multiple times. <laughs> it goes uh, goes out and then back. I don't think it goes again. Just give 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 him a sword. 
give him the windmill throwing star, and I guess the, maybe the slashing attack. You know what I mean? You can sure. get a fire. You can give him a few different things. That can be there. your up B. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's ways of doing that that could be interesting uh, with with, uh, with uh, Hayabusa uh, there. Um, who else would be on my Smash uh, roster here? Uh, Albatross from Rolling Thunder. Now he doesn't have any melee attacks. You can give him a little, give him a little punch like like the hooded guys do, and uh, you know have him, obviously he has his pistol. He has a smooth like attacks and things like that. There's always creative licenses taken with these. I mean, it's not oh, like, sure. It's not like Isabel and Smash Brothers came came to the show with all sorts of attacks baked in. But he, he has a very smooth up jump. And down jump like he does in the game. Sure, maybe give him a rolling attack. A little, du- du- I haven't played two and three that much to know what else they gave him there. But give, give him give him a nice little kick with it with his nice seventy style, you know, superhero uh, covert covert ops outfit, his spy outfit. So I I, I got I got him in there. Uh, I brought it up uh, before probably, but I, I, I don't know. Mighty Bomb Jack, you know, just give him bombs. He's a cute guy, and he flies around. You know, he's a little guy having fun. There, uh, I, I would not have thought of legendary axe guy. I would not have thought of that uh, for for a turbo guy. Now, now, the, now the sequel, you got the sword, you get the axe, and get the you get the chain attack. Yeah, I was trying attack. to limit it more toward towards the. Uh, I was picking too many swords. I was picking too many swords. You're picking up too many swords. Picking too many swords. Um, let's see uh, what else. How about Rick from Splatterhouse? <clears throat> We're going turbo. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Well, I mean, we can probably do a turbo graphics. If we really try, we could probably do a turbo graphics. Sure, I want like eight guys. We could probably just something between <laughs> Namco, from between between Namco and Hudson. You could easily do a. Uh, so, so if you're Rick, that. obviously you got you got your two by four standard. You got a, a two by four. You can you can throw the wrenches. Okay, you've got a shotgun attack. You've got punches the and punches you've got and kicks. The, the little kicks. Yeah, you can make that work. It'd be very easy to do, Rick. Uh, that, you can you can make that work uh, for sure. Um, of course, Danny Sullivan. Uh, you get punches and kicks, but then you ha- you have he could do the uh, he could tire do, throw. I was, oh, I was gonna say he could be like the Wario. You could just like press down B and have him suddenly be in a race car, and you could just go Zoom back and forth, forth a yeah, couple times. Sure, why not? That 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 would that would work fine with that. Um, I I feel like I'm missing out on some. Uh, I think you you missed out on Mappy. Ma- Mappy be in there. Uh, Mappy was supposed to be up there, but you jumped in on the Namco thing, and I was like, "No, let me show you that I have some non-Namco." Oh, okay. ones. what would Namco's attack? Uh, uh, Mappy's attack? Uh, baton, <laughs> baton, uh, baton. Um, probably uh, a horn. Um, he's also got in Mappy Land. He's got the Ghostbuster gun, and he can float around on uh, balloons. And so, it would, would his up jump be a trampoline? Uh, a trampoline. Well, arm? they already. They uh, Pac-Man already has that attack. Oh, he took it from Mappy. Yeah, Pac-Man has the Mappy's trampolines. Oh, I don't know if I like that, and I took it from Mappy. And then have it a door swing for an attack, like a door, a door. Yeah, just hits a door. It. Yeah, it's the B, 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 the B side attack. Yep. Is, is you hit? The and you door? can charge it up and then slam the door open. It would work very <laughs> what, well. What, what was the what would the ultra be? <laughs> what do you have an ultra? You throw you throw the the uh, the boombox you get on a guy or something. I don't know. Or just have the cats swarm the the area. Oh, okay. That that'd be cute. That would make sense. Yeah. Have the cat swarm there? Uh, am I missing out on one of my uh, big ones here? Um, looking, looking at uh, oh my god, a character from Super Dodgeball would be great. Now I think about it, just do a bunch of uh, dodgeball attacks, special special throws, would be fantastic. Oh, or, yeah. or someone from River City Ransom, why not? And they're brawlers. Yeah, that would work out. It would make sense. Well, that would that would make sense. 
Would you want to go anything weird like 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 a spacecraft from a shooter? Is that too weird for Smash Brothers? Would that be able to? Fix no, it? I was thinking that that would be fun, but I wasn't quite sure how to make it happen. Because then, like, um, how do you walk around as a spaceship? You'd or... have to give it little feats. Oh, well, Fantasy Zone. There you go. Opa, Opa. Yeah. Opa, Opa. There you go. We're, we're building the pyramid. So, Opa, Opa, you have the bombs. You, you can shoot. And we'll give them little kicks and yeah. little things like that. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that'll be our Smash Brothers. Uh, uh, some intriguing intriguing characters. Oh, oh, you're missing out on Wally Bear, Ian. That's fine. He doesn't need to be in there. What? He doesn't need to be in He's there. got, like, two or three built-in attacks. Yeah, he can already. attack with the skateboard. He can attack with the Frisbee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's true. And then, and then this, the Ultra would be all your your, your, your drug pals. They, they would have a good talk with you. Um, and then that would <laughs> give you damage. R- Ricky Rat would throw a syringe Ricky at Rat, you. Ricky Rat, yeah. He would throw a syringe at you and damage you. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna uh, see anyone else. Is Karnov too generic? I'm trying, I'm trying to look to, to see if, if that would be someone. Eh. Karnov has got a ladder. Oh my God, Master Higgins! Oh yeah, he's got all sorts of attacks. They could put him in like now, and I think people would would, would he be like, no, serious? Like if they said Master Higgins, we're, we're gonna get you. I think people would go nuts for that. I don't. Axis. I don't think people would go. Yeah, nuts I would for go. It. I would go. Nuts I would love it though. I would, I, I would love it. I would go to. I would go to the World Nintendo Store in New York, and I'd sit in front of that screen with the premiere, like those people do, and then and then go nuts. And you see me on on YouTube going nuts over Master Higgins. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Why well, can't Konami, Konami could do between Konami owning the Hudson Soft and their own? They could do their own. They could do their own Smash Brothers game. Why do you think another company never just decided to do their own? Sony did it. Well, yeah, it did horribly. Yeah, well, because they had no characters. Uh, I mean, they had some neat characters, but it, it's really—I think it just comes down to there's really not room for more than one game like Smash Brothers. I don't think you need multiple Smash clones. Smash has done so good at pulling in characters from other franchises the past two releases that I just don't think they—I I don't think people really want that type of game they don't want to be more everywhere. than one yeah they don't want more than one it's like it's, it's hard to have all the kart racers besides Mario Kart you can do them and support a few of them yeah so. like uh, Crash Team Racing always seems to do okay whenever they release a new one of those but yeah I just I feel like I feel like certain games don't need more than one representative title and kart racing and 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 mascot platformer brawlers definitely seem that way. I think I think you can, I think you can do one. I think you can do a secondary one as long as it had its own spin on it and wasn't exactly like the same type of. Well, maybe sure. you could do it. Like well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why you couldn't do that. I'm just trying to get Konami to to to, to do it so because it'd be like the best game ever. Then I play at Evo. Konami's already got stuff in Smash Brothers though. Yeah, but the, you know they whore out anything. Konami yeah, at this no, point. it's true. They it doesn't do. matter to them. So, any any other ones from the roster you want to add? Good on good for you, guys picking up Bonk. Um, I really wanted to add uh, Travis Touchdown from um, No More Heroes. That uh-huh. was one that I always thought would be fun, but they actually added him as a costume in the last Smash. Brothers. Oh, they did. Yeah, they in the uh, most recent update they added him. So, I feel like it's kind of a moot point. All right. Okay, well, looking forward to uh, that game that has uh, Rick from Splatterhouse, Bonk, and Opa Opa, uh, and, and Mappy. Mappy, mini Mappy, just hit, hit your legs with with a fucking nightstick. The only <laughs> good cop. Mappy's the only good cop, really? Mappy's the only what good cop. What about Street Cop on the NES? Suspect. No? 
What's that? Suspect. He's suspect? Yeah, he's suspect. Why, it's because he's hitting old old women by accident? <laughs> he's suspect, <laughs> man. He is suspect. <laughs> All right. That's it for this CU podcast. That was a, that was a fun time. Good one. Uh, Ian might do his hangout this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll might have an announcement next week about a certain event. We'll see if it comes together. And um, yeah, this was a fun time. Appreciate everyone coming out uh, to this. I got to edit. Ian's got to get his teeth looked at. I got to get the sutures out on this side. Woo! Is that your last visit for a while? Or you think <clears throat> you get the implants still at some point? Uh, implants probably next year, but I got to go back and get a, a cavity filled. So, your mouth's a mess. Dental December, bud. Dental December. Do you brush and, and floss? I brush like three times a day. And you still had all these problems? I sure no, did. No flossing? I, I floss as well. Dental, you, gotta, you gotta get the water pick. I'm telling you, i change your life, the water pick. The problem started with two old uh, fillings, and I didn't take care of them. That's no. what happened. All right, you got, you got self, self-care is important. You know that. I'm well aware. Well aware. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's it for the podcast. Ian's gonna gonna get the sutures out. I got I got to edit. I got I got to stop my inter- intermittent fasting. We will see you in a week. Do do do.